welcome back to Girl Let's Talk About It, brought to you by Hannah Carroll and Estelle Allen. The podcast brings women together to have real and seriously deep conversations about love, life, health, and everything in between. In today's episode, we are going to have a pretty casual chat. Uh, We're going to open up the conversation about something somewhat controversial. We're talking about alcohol. Alcohol, guys. Alcohol. We are going to be sharing our personal journeys with alcohol, how it impacts our health, how we relate to it, um, how our society relies upon it for social interaction, plus so much more. I'm pretty excited about this conversation. Mm, me too. I feel like, um, yeah, I'm excited that we're addressing this. We've wanted to for a little while. And as always, we're going to get pretty vulnerable and we're going to share our personal experiences and we thought we'd start off with that as well. So you can yeah. Do you want to share first, Estelle, your journey with alcohol and where you're at now? Absolutely. It's a very interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> so I will be the first to admit, sister, that I was a binge drinker uh, before I hit my early 20s. I'll admit it. Um, and there's a few, I, I think I, I really understand now in hindsight why that happened and why I took on that behavior. So I'll share a little bit about that. So I feel like I definitely was, um, influenced as a teenager socially, you know, by peer groups and the people I was hanging around with. I wouldn't say that I was with my tribe, <laughs> um, I was, I guess you're still figuring out who you are as a person, as a teenager, what your values are, what you believe in. And this was well and truly before my health journey. So I probably didn't have the same values that I have today. I feel like you're so like vulnerable at that age and you you are influenced by others because you're like, oh, who am I? Like what, you're trying to work out, yeah, like who you are. And you're so willing to do whatever it takes, I think, as a teenager to fit in and belong. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately... But I guess it's part of being a teenager, right? And it's all part of the journey of coming into yourself as an adult and finding out who you are as a person. But yeah, and like sadly, a lot of the times we do things that really aren't in alignment with us. And then we figure out that, hey, that's actually not the kind of person I want to be. Yep. Um, I also had a pretty rebellious personality as a teenager. Ooh. Um, ooh, yeah, a little bit of a streak to myself where it was kind of like if someone said I can't do something, I was like, well, you watch me. I'm going to do it. Um, I think that was part of the most exciting part about drinking to me um, as a teenager, as a young teenager, because it wasn't allowed. And I really kind of got a kick out of doing something that I wasn't meant to be doing. Uh, Another aspect of it, I think as well too, is just like as a teenager and like we're saying, like it's such a vulnerable part of your life, but I just feel like you know, I had a lot of emotions and you're, you know, you're trying to fit in and feel like you belong. And body image was definitely very prevalent for that part of my life. Like we shared on um, reconnecting to our feminine in that episode, you know, I had an eating disorder as a teenager. So there were definitely a lot of emotions that I did and have tools for how to like hold them and process them. And so I definitely felt like alcohol was a way for me to numb as a teenager and kind of escape some of those really like tricky, you know, transitions that you're navigating before you hit your early twenties. Um, in addition to my rebellious personality, I'm also very all or nothing. And 
I think that that was applicable to drinking for me. I would say now it's like, you know, in terms of my lifestyle, like I really, um, I, I kind of focus that passion on really positive things now. Whereas, yeah, I feel like alcohol was very much like I could never just have like one drink. You had to get, to get drunk. Oh, I had to get wasted. Yeah. Um, it was like, I was literally, I was identified as that girl who like didn't know her limit. Like I look back and I'm like my poor high school boyfriend, like so he funny. always knew if I was going out, he's like, oh, I'm going to have to look after her. It's so funny because I can't imagine you. I know. It feels like a double life. It yeah. feels like that was me in a whole nother life. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh, it's so funny. So, yeah, there was definitely, you know, I kind of got wrapped up in that identity of being the girl who got trash or being the girlfriend even that, you know, needed to be looked after by her high school boyfriend. Um, but I knew deep down, like in my heart, that I really wanted to break free from that identity. I guess it was just, yeah, a really vulnerable part of life trying to establish who am I really and who do I really want to be and then stepping into that. Um, one of the things I think personally on my journey that I really, um, that really kind of woke me up to, oh, this doesn't feel right, like this feels icky, it feels out of alignment, is just the way that it influenced like my closest relationships and my actions when I was drinking, like I would say things that I'm like, I don't really mean that or I don't really feel that. Or I do things that were just not me. Um, So I really, yeah, I really started to understand the consequences of that. And the fact that alcohol was really kind of muddying the water of who I really was. And I really didn't appreciate that. Um, just in general, like it felt so out of alignment to who I wanted to be. Um, and you know, today, like I feel so in alignment with who I am. And if I choose to have a drink, I still feel in alignment. So in the past, like when you did drink, did you feel like you were yourself? No, no. But uh, you know, even in like around that time, like I even felt like without the alcohol, I was really scared to be who I really am. Um, be authentic but then alcohol kind of like exacerbated that I think alcohol made me do things that I thought I needed to do to fit in it was like a because it's so ingrained in society it was like a safety yeah yeah oh for sure it was like a safety blanket to me yeah um you know and then I guess after that like when I started my health journey um probably important to mention you know a massive factor for me with alcohol at this point in my life as well as I went from you know, high school and I was hanging around people who valued, you know, drinking and, um, you know, going out and things like that and having parties. And then I went straight from the school environment to uni where I was on campus at a college for the first year and a half. And so I was surrounded by a culture where, you know, I just, I reflect back on like O-Week, you know, O-Week at college. And there was just so much alcohol and like, you know, like to me, what I would perceive now is just like silly games where people would push the limits. They drink a lot and they do these silly things where I'm just like, why are we doing this? It's like proving, proving a point. Um, So that was really, you know, I started my health journey when I was studying and I was living on campus and that was really hard because I was surrounded by the culture of, you know, on Thursdays, Fridays and Saturdays, we go out to Fridays in Brisbane and um, we get drunk and we eat shit food. And then the next day we lay around and we watch movies and we eat shit food. Yep. Um, so for me to really kind of like step out of the status quo and, you know, go to bed early and I was going to the gym in the mornings and, 
eating well and I just I just didn't want to partake in that and I started to feel so much healthier my energy was better my skin started to clear up um I think it was yeah that was the time where I started to value taking care of myself and I was really only like at the beginning phases of my health journey but alcohol kind of naturally fell to the wayside like I didn't consciously make a decision oh I'm never ever going to drink again I guess it's just when you start to look after yourself and go to bed and eat good and like it just naturally happened did that like play into you when you came off the pill yeah to get your period back mm. had you stopped drinking before that or did that was that another reason why you thought I definitely, I had definitely reduced my alcohol intake, um, just purely based off the fact that I was already on the trajectory of a health journey and I was already, you know, doing so many other good things to look after my body. And then I think it was about a year or a year and a half into my health journey. And that was when I really thought, oh, okay, well, coming off the pill is another thing that I want to do to support my health. And yet definitely when I went through that journey of healing from the birth control pill, everything that I kept seeing, like it just kept coming across my awareness of alcohol, like liver support, like don't drink, you know, it's really important for your liver while it's processing all of those synthetic hormones. So I guess that was another driving catalyst for me to just really like go cold turkey. And I, I think I, it was like two years where I didn't drink anything. Yeah. And that like initially when you did that, how did you find it with like friends and stuff? Oh, so challenging. Yeah. So challenging because I kind of felt like I was between two worlds. Yeah. Um, I kind of felt like there was like this part of me that like, you know, I'd had friends from uni and things like that who was still very much in that scene and really, you know, enjoyed going out and drinking. Whereas for me, it was like I was starting to step into this completely different person, which was, you know, I was, yeah, going to bed early and hiking and waking up early and eating good food and not drinking, doing all these like wonderful natural things to support my health the real you yeah yeah definitely and then it was yeah it was kind of like letting go of yeah what was no longer me and I definitely noticed some pushback from maybe not my closest friends but just like peer like kind of like distant friends friendship circles um definitely from family uh when I stopped drinking I think it was a very bizarre thing because alcohol in my family is a very social thing and, um, yeah, for me to be quite young and deciding not to drink at all, like it was really unheard of, like I was really weird. Um, and, you know, at family occasions, you know, family would be like, oh, just one, just have one, just have one. It was like a challenge of who could get me to drink. <laughs> I know. Was that, yeah, I know, I think you're, you're sharing your journey, but I think that was pretty similar for you. So, you know, I, I noticed judgment. I noticed, you know, pushback and I, it seemed to really trigger a lot of people around me, which again, I think is just a testament to the fact that like, it is such a norm in society that when people don't participate in the norm, people are like, Oh, what you're out and you're sober. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm still, I still even now to this day go out. Yeah. It's really surprising to people, isn't it? Yeah. Like you could be out at 12, eight, like, you know, 12 AM in the morning and someone's like, you know, like, oh yeah. Like, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm sober. And it comes out in conversation and people are like, what? And you're like, yeah, like I can come out and have a drink and not need alcohol to talk to you or to have a dance. Yeah. Um, people who don't drink, people are like just so surprised. And they're like, how can you have fun? Like, mm. 
And, but the funny thing I always found is I was like, I genuinely felt like a lot of the time I was more often than not the person having the most fun, Yeah, you know, cause I, I felt really clear, but I was still having fun. Ooh, and I feel like I was kind of like murky with like alcohol in my system. Yeah. Like I could still have really good conversation with my friends and I could still like have a lot of energy to dance, but yeah, there wasn't that thing getting in the way. Yeah. Um, so I would say, yeah, I'm at a place now where I really don't drink. Um, I, I haven't drink, haven't had alcohol in a really long time. And then only just recently I went to my best friend's hens weekend in Brisbane. And that was the first time actually I'd had an alcoholic drink in a, in a long time. Um, and I've definitely noticed, yeah, like the last few weeks, like I have had a few more social interactions where I may have had like one drink, but I know for me that, yeah, I'm in a really good place now where I feel completely at peace of making the decision in the moment as to how I feel and what feels true for me. And I never feel like the pressure. Like I always know that it's up to me and I don't have to let anyone else sway my opinion. And I just feel so good when I don't drink. So for the majority, I don't. It's really just kept to special occasions. And it might be like a preservative-free organic wine or a tequila shot or a margarita, like they're my drinks of choice and that's really it. So that is me full circle. Thanks for sharing. Thanks, sister. Your turn. I, w- I want to hear your journey with alcohol. My turn. So I would say that I've never been a big drinker um, <laughs> or really seen much point in it. So, yeah, when I'm a teenager, I guess that's when everyone starts to drink. And, yeah, I just remember friends trying to sneak out, trying to get alcohol, trying to get drunk, and I really didn't see much point in it. We really wouldn't have gotten along as teenagers. Uh, We were opposites. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that stuff would have been me. I would have been like, come on, Hannah. You would have been like, I was just not in that space. I think it also comes down to, so when I was, I have an older sister, Jess. She's a couple of years uh, um, older than me. And so when she started high school, she became quite rebellious, probably sounds a little bit like you. And um, it, yeah, it created a lot lot of worry for my parents. And um, I guess from that age, I kind of was like, okay, like seeing her do it and kind of the friction it created in my family and the worry and stuff, I was like, I don't want to do it from a young age. I think it was also like I didn't want to put that worry on my parents. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, kind of saw how hard it was for them. Um, and I'm then so wise and mature. <laughs> and then, you see that? Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that was kind of cool. and, and then when I was, I entered high school and she was towards the end of high school, she got sick, she got diagnosed with my um, autoimmune disease. And so our kind of whole family life then switched to like, I guess she was in hospital and it was really focused on, yeah, trying to work out what was going on and get her better. And so I guess my teenage years were very different. So while everyone else was out drinking, I just, it had no appeal to me at all. Like I think everything was in perspective. I think I had to grow up pretty quick and, um, you know, while my sister's in, in hospital and stuff, I couldn't, like, ever imagine being like, oh, hey, like, I'm just going to go out and, like, you know, I don't know. It just didn't feel right to me. I wanted to be there with her. I wanted to spend time with her and, yeah, care for her. I, so I 
think my teenage years were very different, um, but I still definitely always felt pressure in social situations. And I think that's probably why I felt like a bit of an outsider in high school because I wasn't going to parties and drinking and so I didn't really fit in. Um, and so that was that was really challenging for me. Mm. Um, and then I think, yeah, my late late teens, early 20s, again, I've always been that person that didn't really want to drink. And because I didn't, I was always the person that people wanted to get drunk. It was like a goal of everyone to get me drunk. Why is that? What is with Australian culture where if someone actually says no, it's like a, people see it as like a challenge as who, who can get the person who says, no, I don't want to drink to drink. It's a really weird cultural yeah, thing. Well, yeah. And I would always be the one like, cause I didn't want to drink a lot or get drunk. I drink super slow and that used to annoy people so much. They're like, seriously, can you drink quicker? Like then they're trying to give me shots and like, it was just, so I feel like I did a good job at being myself and respecting myself, but I definitely kind of, I guess, felt prey to pressure, peer pressure. I just felt so much peer pressure and judgment. And I hadn't found people yet that were aligned with me that didn't, maybe they wanted to drink, but it wasn't always just about getting drunk. Cause that's the part that I struggled with. It was never like, let's just go get a drink and dinner or whatever it is. It was always about getting drunk and I didn't want to do that. So yeah, I guess I definitely struggled with it. Um, and I'm not saying that I guess I didn't in, like not enjoy it at all. Um, the times when I did enjoy it would be like having one glass or a couple of drinks mm. where I was still myself and I was having fun and dancing and that kind of thing but not getting drunk. I mean, I can probably count on my hands the number of times I've been like super drunk. And I was going to ask, do you like do you ever really feel like you – had like that you did binge drink or did you ever like get drunk or not really I definitely did like a little bit but not a whole heap I feel like when everyone else was getting like obliterated and I would probably pretend a little bit that I was <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't I would have loved to have seen the fake um, Hannah. I would have loved to see you put that on what does that look like oh it's really hitting me whoa guys I'm spinning. It was just like peer pressure and I don't know. There was, yeah, there was definitely quite a few times where I did get, I don't know, yeah, probably like max 10 times where I can say like I got really drunk Mm -hmm. and they were just not good experiences for me. Like Mm -hmm. one time, I don't even know how I got home by myself. I was living in New York. I don't know how I got home. Like, and I woke up with like vomit everywhere and just like, so just to me and then I'd feel so shit the next day and I'm just like what the hell is the point of this you spend so much money yes yes that's the other thing I could never stand was the wasting of all my money I was like I'd prefer to spend I'd prefer now to go to a health food store yeah same (laughs) when I was at uni I was like nah you know what I have all this money to go and buy like acai and like bee pollen nut butters and all that nut butters I was like I'm gonna save my money for the good stuff so yeah I mean I definitely had like fun but for me it was when I wasn't getting obliterated um but I just felt so much pressure constantly um and I just felt like a lot of people do I think it's even yeah like even sometimes I still pick up on it you know in social situations I still feel it and I'm an adult now and it's like you know I can make my own choices but yeah there's definitely still like a little like culturally there's just the pressure for it and I think if you don't want to do it like socially it can be challenging because there's our society is yeah 
it's ingrained in our society. So I guess. But I think you can be around, you can be around your tribe and it's not to say that they don't have to drink, but they can drink and you can go out and you can join them and you can have a dance and you can be sober or you can have one or whatever feels good for you. And they accept and allow you to be you and to make your decisions that feel good for you. Or you just do completely different activities. I think it's feeling that people aren't judging you. If they're your people, then they'll accept. If you want to have a drink that night, if you don't want to have a drink, um, but I guess your lifestyles are more aligned because so all, most of your social interactions aren't going to be centered around alcohol. But I guess that was one thing that I guess when I met Nate in LA, you know, I loved about him is that he still had drinks and we did go out and we had fun and we had drinks, but he was never about getting like trashed mm. drunk and like, you know, one of our first dates, we went hiking and we went to the beach and we went to the movies. So where we thrive is like in the outdoors. And I think that's a big thing for relationships. I think that like your stance on alcohol and your lifestyle around that is really key for relationship. Like, yeah, I know in my previous relationship, like I, like, I think it's super important yeah, to be aligned on that because it really does determine like how you spend your time with that person. Yeah. And it's not that we don't drink at all. And Nate would drink more than me. Um, but I think for me, it's just, yeah, not about getting, it's not about getting drunk. And so I guess, so fast forward to when I started on my health journey, couldn't get my period back, came off the pill. Um, I think it, for me, it was just like literally the universe saying to me, Hey, like you don't have to drink anymore. It hasn't been serving you. Um, you're now in this situation where you really want to start a family, but you can't, um, and you've got to heal your body. And I just... I was so aware that alcohol was not serving me at all. In terms of hormonal health, it's probably like one of the worst possible things. Yeah. So for me, like, you know, my health and healing was so important. And so mm. kind of like you, like alcohol just fell to the wayside. And at the start, I found that not in myself. I found it very hard socially because I felt judged by people. Even though I was going through a, a health challenge, I still felt incredibly judged by people. And I was coming up with elaborate excuses and I just, it felt icky. I didn't feel like myself. I didn't feel aligned to people. Um, but over time I became more confident in just saying to people, I don't drink. And then really I kind of, I guess, as I became more myself and I deep dived into my journey, I just, I found out who I was and I really tuned in and naturally grew apart with some people that I'd maybe been friends with where oh, a lot more of the social interaction had been around alcohol. Um, and yeah, when I stopped drinking, I just felt so much more myself. I felt clearer. Um, I just felt better in my body. It helped my health, my hormones so, so much. Mm. Um, and so I'd say, yeah, probably in the last three and a half years, maybe I've had like, I don't know, maybe it's like five five drinks I don't know could be a few more um and I'm not saying that like I will never drink or I don't drink at all like Nate and I we really love Mexican food and we love margaritas um one of our favorite places is Tulum in Mexico so you know every now and then we love to make like a really nice margarita at home or one thing for me is like, I love traveling. We love traveling. So, you know, if we're in France or Italy and there's really, you know, amazing local wines, like trying those, or if we go out to a really nice dinner every now and then and get like organic 
biodynamic wine, I'll enjoy that. But for the most part, like, I mean, in the last couple of months, I don't think I've had a drink. Mm. (laughs) Um, So I don't drink very often at all. And my social interactions don't revolve around drinking. You know, I prefer to like make dinner with people, go on hikes or that kind of stuff, be outdoors. Mm. Um, So it's definitely been, yeah, I guess coming into myself Mm. and then a shift in who I socialise and how I socialise. Um, I think, isn't it interesting, like just hearing you like share your journey, I think it's so interesting and it's same for mine that as you hear like the trajectory of like a relationship to alcohol, it's also like along, it's like parallel to you finding out who you are and you stepping into who you really are because it does it really like it's a lifestyle choice. So your values are really reflected, you know, to you and by making the choices of how do I want to spend my time? Is it with alcohol? Who is it with? Like these are all the questions that we start to ask when I guess we're wanting to come more of who we really are. I feel like when I, yeah, I feel like I was never, I never was able to be fully myself. Mm. And like from that young age, like I said, like even when I was like nine or 10 and I saw my sister rebellious and drinking, like, it just never, it never sat right with me. And intuitively I knew the whole time when I did drink, I'm like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to get drunk. But I felt so much pressure and I felt like I didn't have my people in my tribe who got it. And I just feel like society was so about it that I was like, oh, maybe like what's kind of wrong with me? Like what well, I'm like an outsider, people would call me boring. Like I really, I definitely did struggle with it but deep down I knew that I didn't want to do it and so yeah when I went on this health journey I was like oh finally like it was so clear to me I don't have to do this um and I can do it at my choosing it's not that I don't have to drink at all but I get to choose when I want to in in like yeah alignment with myself so yeah so that's my journey in a nutshell (laughs) um yeah I resonate so much with what you just said So I think next, guys, we wanted to just put out some questions, post some questions to you that I guess Estelle and I have asked ourselves um, on our journeys and just even in starting to speak with, like, friends um, about alcohol and listening to different podcasts about it. There's actually Ruby Warrington. I don't know if you guys know Ruby Warrington. Look her up. She's an amazing woman. And she brought out a book called Sober Curious, which, which I highly recommend reading. And I read that probably halfway through my journey and it kind of just reaffirmed how I was feeling. And she had some sort of similar questions um, that were about to pose in her book. So should we start with some questions, sister? Yeah, let's do it. Let's dive in. So the first question to ask yourself is why do you drink alcohol? Um, is it because you want to or is it because you feel you have to? The key thing here, again, is always just like remember, like you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And we speak a lot about this in um, the Magic of Saying No episode, but just like are you doing something because you feel you should or you think you have to? Like um, like Hannah said on her journey, like if you know deep down in your heart that you really want to say no to the drink offering or to having a drink, like just own that and honour yourself and honour your no. And if people don't honour you, then maybe they're not necessarily... Well, they aren't your people. 
people. I love the way you went about that. You're like, then maybe they're not necessarily like they're not your people. I was trying to be softer. You can, yeah, you're trying to be softer, and I'm like, well, you can make a decision. Exactly. Go out and socialize, and people can still have their own choices too, but they have to accept yours. Otherwise, I don't feel like they know your people. But I know that that can be hard. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Because you know your friendship circle is kind of everything. So it can be, it can be hard. That's what I'm trying to say. I understand that it can be hard, but at the end of the day, you got to honor yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, think, yeah, you've just got to find the people who honor you, whatever your choices are in life. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next question is how often do you drink? Is it, is it just once a week, you know, a glass of wine with a girlfriend? Is it every Friday and Saturday night where you're like going to the pub in the Arvo and you're there for, hours and you know getting drunk is it every night that you're drinking to deal with like your stressful job we just yeah we put out there like just reflect on you know how often are you drinking how much of your life does alcohol take up you know how much of your life is centered around alcohol and your social interaction how much is it centered around alcohol and including that the days afterwards where you feel crappy and you spend hours in bed Ooh, yeah not fully like functioning yeah and that leads to the next question how does it make you feel um ask yourself this in terms of like how does it make you feel when you're in social situations and you choose to drink how does that make you feel Mm. um when you're on alcohol and you know it is it's a it's a poison so when it's in your body and it's affecting you how do you feel um do you feel like you're in alignment do you feel like you're still yourself and also, how do you feel the next day? Do you feel crappy? Do you feel like you go and make poor food choices as well because you're craving the oily stuff and you want the fatty burger or whatever it is? Um, how does the whole thing make you feel? Do you notice that your skin breaks out or does your moon cycle, does your period, like is it regular or does alcohol impact that? Like, do you get more PMS? You get bloated, fluid retention, mm. all of those kind of things. Yeah. Um, and then I think the next question would be like, so what would it feel like if you didn't drink? How would you feel in social situations? How would you feel talking to people? Would you be able to dance? You know, I would. Yeah, oh, 100%. How would you fill your social calendar? Like what would you do with your time if you weren't? drinking it's a really good question next question is what are some other creative ideas for ways to actually socialize connect and share experiences with with others so if say for example you're tuning in and you're thinking well I'd really actually like to reduce the amount of alcohol that I'm drinking and it's not as it's not an alignment for me Um, I want to make some small changes. Well, you know, getting creative around ways to actually um, participate in a different kind of activity with your friends, with your partner, with your peers, suggesting, you know, different ways, you know, so if a friend suggests, oh, let's go and grab a drink to catch up, you haven't caught up in a while, you know, saying something like, hey, how would you feel about going for a river walk or going for a hike or even meeting like for breakfast or cooking a dinner together at home and then you can just have like a glass of wine and it doesn't have to be this, you know, big night. So maybe, yeah, just take some time to think about, yeah, those questions. Um, 
I think they're all really good reflections. Like they're, yeah, it's really good ways to understand how you relate to alcohol and how you actually really want to relate to alcohol. I think the ones that stand up for me would be, why do you drink it? Like, do you mm. want to drink it? And how does it make you feel? Mm. Um, okay. So next we wanted to chat about how alcohol is ingrained in our culture socially, but it's really ingrained in our culture. Yeah, it really is like in our um, normal, I'm doing quote, like quote unquote hands, but like our normal interaction between people, you know, within like the family unit, with your friends, with your partner, you know, if it is to sit down and have like a wine together or something, um, it's so normal and part of our society as well to, you know, when you are meeting new people, you're in new situations, usually like people do feel a lot more comfortable when alcohol's involved because it really like loosens you up and, you know, obviously you've got less, you know, inhibitions and things like that and you feel a bit more relaxed. I think it becomes a bit of a safety blanket for people, but we're just so used to, yeah, not really everything socially like centering around it that Mm -hmm. I don't think people know any different. Um, How cool would it be though if we like, if more of us had like the social skills and the like, you know, the connection tools to be able to like start like more intimate conversation and meet new people and not feel like so uncomfortable or nervous or reliant on alcohol to feel like we can do those things. And to be able to do different things. Yeah. Life and our time. I know like working in the corporate, you know, world in particular, real estate world, like, oh my gosh, drinking. It's just oh such a big part of that way of life. And when I lived in London, you know, the pub culture there and drinking, like people would go drinking like every night of the week. Every afternoon it was just like, oh, I couldn't believe it. And all like taking clients out and any business interaction. I that was another situation where like again, like in business wise, I felt like I was judged, even though I was good at my job when it came to like a part of the job was like going out and drinking and I didn't want to do that. And I felt judged and I just felt like I did not fit in this world. Mm. Um, yeah. And again, you know, we mentioned earlier, obviously binge drinking is a huge part of our culture in your teens, 20, you know, twenties, even thirties, but you know, from a young age, people want to get obliterated and wasted. Yeah. And I think particularly, like you said, like in the more like thirties and beyond too, I really see it in older women, you know, women who might not necessarily have like other practices in place for self-care. Like maybe they're not, you know, as empowered in taking care of themselves in other more nourishing ways. But I know a lot of older generations, like a lot of women will, you know, they wake up with coffee and they use alcohol to wind down. And it's just the worst thing you know, when we're doing that every single day to try and calm ourselves as a form of self-care because, you know, the alcohol is impacting, you know, hormones and skin and your liver and and we'll talk talk soon about all of those, really soon about all of those health impacts, but it's just there's so many other more nourishing ways for you to like self-soothe after a stressful day and to top yourself back up. Yeah. Yeah, look, I know I was just saying to you before we hopped on the call that, in terms of like women going through fertility journeys, mm-hmm. I know that it's quite common for women to rely on alcohol because you're kind of trying to drown out how sad yeah. you feel. It's kind mm-hmm. of like, I know I say to you, it's kind of like this emptiness inside yeah. you that is this like mourning, this longing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've definitely had moments where probably in this other women where I'm like, oh, maybe I do just want 
a drink. Alcohol, a drink to like drown mm-hmm. it out. But then I haven't gone there because I've got other ways now to support myself and nourish myself. And I just know that in the end, it's not gonna, it's not gonna serve mm-hmm. me in the way that I'm hoping it will. And I think that's applicable to, um, I was just going to say, I think that's applicable to any kind of like feeling of, yeah, like emptiness or loneliness or sadness in your life or lack of fulfillment. Like it is a drug and it does depress us. And I think, yeah, like, and I think that even played into when I was younger, like, and I was, you know, just dealing with a lot emotionally and mentally and wasn't so solid in myself, you know, it's just an escape from how you really feel. And yeah, I think, you know, there's more nourishing ways to take care of yourself, but it's also like you're denying yourself the process to feel your emotions and get like the nugget from your emotions and to be able to actually give yourself space to feel what you need to feel like this constant running away from how we feel and using alcohol and food and other things to numb ourselves. Like it's just like robbing us of our connection to ourselves. We're numbing ourselves. I think that that then leads to anxiety and depression because people aren't really dealing with their emotions and at the end of the day like I've learned this over the last couple of years like you've got to go through the yeah. challenging really hard times to actually move forward and grow and evolve and it can be freaking shit at the time yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's not challenging but you know, there really are other ways to to support support yourself Mm, and I think that it's like I know for sure yeah through experience as well too I'm like the challenging times are the times that usually give us the most clarity and you know if we don't if we don't move through our emotions and we don't like lean into it um even Brene Brown says like if you when you numb like pain and suffering and loneliness and vulnerability she's like you numb out all of the other stuff as well too like you numb out joy you numb out you know all those other beautiful emotions so yeah, I guess recognizing as well, like, is it a way to avoid what's really going on? Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people it might be. Mm. Well, we just, yeah, we went deep with that. <laughs> um, okay. let's dive into, now let's dive into the health impacts because we briefly mentioned them like interlaced throughout the episode, but we just want to touch on them. Obviously we're so passionate about health. So and this is very- to make you feel like, bad or anything this is just us I guess trying to be educational and yeah. knowledge is power and we just want to you know this is stuff we've learned on our journeys mm-hmm. um, and once you once you do understand and know this stuff as well if it, you know if you don't already know it then it does really help inform your decisions you know next time you choose to have a drink or next time you're invited to like a big night out, you know, you might think twice about having any more than, you know, four drinks because you'll, you'll be thinking about these things. So it's empowerment. It's empowerment to know this. Um, so I think unaware. A lot of people aren't aware. Of, of like the actual health impacts. Because I think it is it's such a big part of our society that no one really ever stops to think, oh, how is this impacting my health? Yeah, definitely. And I think if, look, if you and I weren't on health journeys, we probably wouldn't know this stuff either, you know? Yeah. So the first thing to know with alcohol is it will directly affect your gut microbiome. So the bacteria that is in your gut, um, when you drink alcohol, alcohol can kill off certain types of beneficial bacteria that you actually need within your gut to help you digest food and 
synthesize vitamins and minerals and make your happy, um, feel good neurotransmitters. And then as well, alcohol, when you drink it, it can also promote the growth of, you know, opportunistic bacteria that you really don't want high levels of like candida, which Hannah and I have a really great experience with. Think about yeast. Yeah. It loves sugar, yeast, and alcohol and carbohydrates. And that's, you know, a lot of these drinks that people are having, you know, for Hannah and I, you know, we'll probably drink, yeah, like an organic wine, a tequila, because tequila is generally the best um, spirit to have, the cleanest, or like, you know, margarita. But look at like all these pre-mixed drinks, you know, the soft drinks that often go in with like rum, like rum and Coke, vodka and lemonade. Concentrate. Yeah, like you're taking in the sugar, you're taking in all that phosphorus from the soft drink. It's just an absolute nightmare for your gut microbiome. And also the lining of your gut, you know, in line with that is getting inflamed from the alcohol. I think for your liver, you know, it just freaking overloads your liver so so badly. And, you know, your liver is responsible for, you know, detoxing your body. And particularly when it comes to hormones, you know, synthesizing hormones um i just think processing them breaking them down your liver especially if you know you're not necessarily living a super clean life in other areas like so you're still eating conventional food and drinking conventional tap water and pharmaceuticals and you're not using clean beauty products and cleaning products then you're taking in a lot of toxins and chemicals which we covered in episode five um you know and then you've got alcohol as well it's a it's a lot for your liver and your body to process and I think like specifically honing in for women a lot of women want you know beautiful hair and clear skin and strong nails and all these things but you know if your liver is overburdened with toxins and dealing with alcohol and yeah toxic products and a poor diet and you've also got nutritional deficiencies you, the last thing your liver is going to focus on is beautiful, healthy hair and clear skin, you know. So if you find yourself in that kind of situation where you've got some pesky symptoms or things like physically showing up for you that you really wish would go, like looking to the health of your liver and your gut, all these things we're talking about is just key. Which is why you and I focus so much on it in our own healing journeys to bring our hormones back into balance. Yeah. Because it is, it's so important. Um, yeah in particular for women we kind of just wanted to hone in on that in terms of your health um so with alcohol alcohol women actually um process it at a much slower rate than men so we retain all the fluids for longer and we metabolize the chemicals at a slower rate so it means that physically it impacts our body in a much larger way um you know the impact is a lot stronger and it's faster for women than men yeah and drinking alcohol you know like we said it forces the liver to you know start ramping up the detoxification pathways because it's a toxin your liver doesn't want that to stay in your blood because it will damage your organs so it's having to use you know its store of antioxidants and vitamin C to break it down, you know, which leaves you a lot of the time vitamin and mineral deficient. And if you're not already eating like a super clean diet, that's organic, that's, you know, full of amazing nutrients, um, 
then, you know, it's problematic because you're already deficient and then you're placing so much extra pressure on your liver and your, you know, body's ability to process this stuff. Yeah. Um, Also, when it comes to hormones, alcohol raises your estrogen levels, which, you know, can worsen symptoms of like PCOS, fibroids, endometriosis, and really any estrogen-dominant hormonal health issues. And estrogen dominance for women's hormones is probably like the main culprit for imbalances i know it's something i've worked on yeah um you know progesterone gets stolen by cortisol and estrogen and then estrogen super high and it just it and then you get pms and you don't feel really stable like it's just a recipe for hormonal disaster yeah so just plus also as well um like i think we'll we touched on this a little bit in our episode on genetics, load the gun, lifestyle pulls the trigger, but, you know, just things like breast cancer and all of these hormonally driven things like. Which are led by high estrogen. High estrogen. So again, it's like to give your body the best chance, like supporting estrogen detoxification, supporting your liver function is so important for your health. And, and like, you do want estrogen to be really, really high. And the I think, yeah, do we ever let our bodies give them the chance to fully, like, I feel like our bodies in today's world, there's just so many toxicities. It's just, like, constantly running on overdrive and trying to keep up, trying to keep up. We never really give it a chance to, like, take a breather, fully get up to speed and take a breather. And, you know, it's no wonder that all these chronic diseases and hormonal imbalances and infertility arise because our bodies just... And I... I beg to challenge that mentality of, oh, well, we just, you know, when we get older, like things start to fall apart and we age and our skin doesn't look as nice and all of this. I'm like, well, I beg to challenge that. Is it more the toxicities in our lifestyle placing such a load on our liver, on our body's capacity to handle it? And then that's what makes us age faster as well. And that's why I love the idea of the worldly. I'm super passionate. I know we both are about just... Because you get older by age doesn't mean your health declines. Like I believe strong and healthy as you age. Yeah, definitely. So the next point is that, you know, often we will, particularly as women, we'll drink because we want it to make us feel happy or sexy or a bit more looser. Um, But it's actually a depressant. Um, So it can affect your mood. Um, It also drains your adrenals makes you feel more tired and down and that gets in the way of you feeling like your most vibrant self. And it, those things then impact your cycle as well. Yeah, yeah, and how you show up in the world. Um, and then also alcohol can disrupt your blood sugar function um, and if you're dealing with blood sugar imbalances. Which is very common in like PCOS. Yeah, it's very common hormonal imbalances, but particularly PCOS. Um, something to be aware with a lot of stress. You know, often when you drink as well, you find yourself eating unhealthy food choices. You know, you want that greasy food to soak it up. Your body's craving it, and that just further exacerbates the problem. So, it's something to be aware of with blood sugar imbalances as well, especially PCOS. Mm, yeah. So that is so. We really just wanted this to be a pretty relaxed conversation, guys. We know it's a topic that not many people are talking about. 
you know, as I mentioned, Ruby Warrington has a book called Sober Curious and there are a couple of people out there which I really admire, Sahara Rose, Jordan Younger, you know, on socials and stuff that are starting to speak out about, you know, how alcohol doesn't serve them and just being sober curious about, you know, how does alcohol impact you? Why are you drinking? Like, are you doing it because you want to or because you feel like you have to and because all of your friends drink? Mm-hmm. And you never you never have to do anything in your life. Like, your life is your choice. Oh. Your choices are, yeah, you have full control over your life and what you say yes to, what you say no to. So, again, just like, you know, the magic of saying no, this is a this is something that only you can decide what is right for you and then you just have to honour your yes or your no. And I think naturally when you honour yourself and you take steps, you know, forward towards becoming the person that you actually are and show up in the world as that person you're you'll attract your people and and I think you know a big thing for Stella and I with this podcast is that we kind of want to we want to bring topics that kind of maybe challenge existing ideas and with alcohol it's another one where we feel that it's so ingrained in our society and we're not saying it's right or wrong or judging or anything um but I think at the end of the day we drink really to come together for social interaction and to connect but are we really connecting and could we start to create a new paradigm in terms of how we interact in today's world does it have to center around alcohol because i think at the end of the day is it really is it really serving us again is that is it really serving us and that's the a question you can always ask yourself does this serve me will this serve me is this serving me Hmm. Cool. Alcohol. Rest it. Um, it in the hands of the people. I would love to get Ruby Warrington on there. I'm going to put this out to the universe. Universe. Yep. Let's get her on, sister. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely chat it more. Chat about it more down the track. But we did want to bring this to you um, earlier on, didn't we? So mm-hmm. we hope that you've got something out of this, and maybe it's. You know, just um, maybe helped you reflect on what your current relationship with alcohol is, what role it plays in your life, and whether you're making choices with alcohol out of alignment. Um, you know, thank you for listening. We are so grateful to have had you here and to be sharing this topic with you. If you feel that there is someone that may benefit from hearing, um, you know, this conversation. We'd be so grateful if you could share it with them on the gram and remember to tag us at Estelle Allen and at The Wildly. Finally, we would be very, very, very grateful if you could head on over to iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave us a five-star review. This helps us in getting our message out there to more people, to more women and creating a community of like-minded women who need to hear this. We love you guys. Thank you for continuing on this journey with us and just thank you for being a part of this epic Girl Let's Talk About It community. Until next time, lots of love.